0: You're listening to the Oh Come On! sports podcast with me, Natasha Saniszewski. Come on, now! Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Oh Come On! podcast hosted by Natasha and Al. Al is in Toronto. It feels like it has been a while, and I suppose I suppose that it has, Al. We kind of, the, what the podcast we did with Haley, which was awesome, was a couple weeks ago. I took myself a little vacation. Um, (laughs) Now I'm back. Feels good to be back, but it's it's tough to get back into a routine sometimes.
1: I'm sure. I'm sure. It does feel like it's been a long time. Uh, And how was your vacation? It was kind of a work vacation, right? It was a little bit of both. So, I mean, no one's going to feel bad for what you were doing. So you can explain what you were doing to everybody.
0: Yeah. So I'm doing a bit of work with a, a golf company that puts on these amazing golf tours around the world basically and this was the first one uh just kind of hosting it so it was about 18 or 19 of us in the Dominican Republic and holy we played a lot of golf I haven't played that much golf before I think I played <laughs> six rounds in five days which wow was, which was a lot for me yeah that so was the,
1: okay The fu- the fundamental question is is it possible to play too much golf is it were you at the point where you were like you know what this is a little bit this is
0: a little bit much now yeah well here's the thing is that I wasn't playing well and that doesn't help like (laughs) I knew going into it I've got some issues with my irons and my three wood and I just couldn't figure it out and so by the end of the week when you're playing with strangers who are all great people but I was kind of shuffled around for group to group and you're playing with new people and you kind of you want to you know put your best foot forward and of course. you're trying so hard and then the game isn't you know um helping you in any way uh it gets tough but it does you just it does. I mean it's all in your attitude right so I was trying not to let it get me down but I'm I'm pretty annoyed <laughs> and the way my game is going and I think I'm just a little bit golfed out so I put my golf clubs in the front closet when I got home I'm shutting the door I'm putting them away. so you're
1: done you're done you're done till April yeah whatever
0: I'm not gonna look at them I don't think until after Christmas even though wow, I've been thinking about it every night every night I can it's like I'm having golf mirrors I see myself missing or topping the ball with my three wood but I just I think (laughs) I I need a mental break. So my plan is to not look at them or pull them out until after Christmas. But we'll see. That might change. I don't know. The weather has been really nice in Calgary. And there's some nice um, outdoor driving ranges here with heaters and everything like that. So, Oh, nice. Yeah. So anyways, the trip was great. The weather was fantastic. 37 degrees. The humidity was off the charts. Um
1: Wow, that sounds really hot. And, and, was, and that doesn't sound like fun weather to golf in unless you're golfing at 6 a.m.
0: Well, every morning we were teeing off by 8.30 at the very latest because otherwise, I don't know how you, I don't know how you do it. Like, you know, we're, we had a few drinks on the course, you know, rum and Coke, pina coladas. I would drink those things in 30 seconds flat because I was so (laughs) hot and I was so thirsty and I wouldn't even feel the alcohol. Like it would just go right through you because you're just sweating constantly
1: It was funneling into your arms and that was causing your swing to be a little awry, Um, right? So you can always blame the alcohol. I mean, you can always, you can always blame it on the alcohol.
0: uh, I wish I could. Um, But yeah, it was a great trip. It was good to get away. It's been a while since I've been on a tropical holiday. As I imagine, a lot of people haven't obviously, because of COVID, been out of the country in a while.
1: I, well, I know we're supposed to talk sports here, but how was like the airport experience and the plane experience? How was all that? Was that like yeah. a super pain in the ass where you don't want to do it again? Or was it not too
0: bad? You know what? There was a whole other level of stress. Not going to lie. It was you have all these different. I mean, now you have to show the proof of being doubly vaxxed. There's a couple of different apps you have to fill out. The Dominican Republic needed a code that you needed That's to airport. the airport. Um, so there is a whole other level, which I didn't love. But maybe it's just a matter of getting used to it. I mean, at the end of the day, there was really no issue getting in or out. It was just a few extra documents, right? Plus your passport and all those things that you have to have at the ready. But uh, it's yeah, allow yourself a little extra time. I would say going to the airport and read all the fine print and all that kind of stuff going in and out. But yeah, for the most part, it was. We had to get a test coming back into Canada, like a, another COVID test, forty eight hours before coming back. Um, but we all came back negative, so that was good and. Good. Yeah, no there
1: you go. Sounds like fun. There you Sounds go. Like fun. Yeah,
0: Beauty. so um, I didn't pay a lot of attention to sports while I was out there, not going to lie, kind of shut it down. But as my plane was leaving, I, literally as it was about to... I know what
1: up, you're going to talk about here. I know. I knew you were going to bring this up right away. I, I
0: knew well, it. I knew it. I, I haven't been have paying
1: attention, but... Yeah, go but,
0: ahead. This is how we left off, so this is where we're going to pick it up, of course, is our Pats, and the Chargers, and the plane is about to take off, and I was literally buckling my seat, and the Pats held on to win, and I finally won a bet,
1: finally. Yeah, and not only did you win a bet, you won a... Underdog on the money line, right? So, which yes. means you won a, a, a bet that technically wasn't supposed to win, based on the betting favorite versus the betting a uh, non-favorite. So, that is an especially good pick. Pick, and I I tip my hat to you. um Well done. You earned yourself two pumpkin spice lattes off of your off yeah. of your bill so far. So that's a well done, good choice.
0: Thank I you. was
1: obviously very wrong. Well done.
0: Thank you. So you have your are three up on me now. I think so, right?
1: I am three up on you. Now, the yeah. gap a little bit. Okay. I am. I am. Um, while you've been gone, can I tell you how the Leafs have been playing? I mean, I know you haven't been paying attention, but can we start? Can, can that be the second thing we talk about? Sure, let's like, do it, the, guys. Six and one in the last seven games. You know, there are. I've been hearing this term, the core four, over the last couple of days, and apparently oh. it's it's kind of catching on um, in Toronto. Maybe not over in in Calgary but focusing on you know the top line, of course, of Marner, Matthews, and uh, Andy Lander and Tavares, and there's number four and. Uh, seeing these guys play over the last couple of games has been very, very, very exciting. So uh, like a traditional Leaf fan, I am at the lowest of the low when things go a little bit bad. And now that things are a little bit good, I'm at the highest of the high. So it's the usual usual playing. But uh, but no, it's been an exciting time in Leaf town. And, and well, all Canadian teams are playing really well right now, right? I don't know if you've seen the standings recently, but uh, your, your, your guys in Calgary and Edmonton both are playing exceptionally well.
0: Yeah. The Alberta teams are, the Alberta teams are hot. You're right. The Leafs are hot. I did flip on the game last night. Uh, I I didn't even watch that closely because I felt like the Leafs had it in the bag so early. Like they were just playing so well. I don't know. I had no faith in Philly. So I didn't watch that closely, but I saw that they was. Sure. So congrats you, you know what? It's a, it's,
1: it's a good point you make there. And I think that uh, about the Leafs having it in the bag early, I think that's been the, the issue on the road, especially as they, this, this was the first game that they've scored the first goal uh, in a okay. road game. Uh, of right. nine games, I think, or whatever it is so far. Um, so typically, they've been, you know, playing from behind on the road, and that's not an easy thing to do, especially when your top guys aren't playing as as well. But I think they, yesterday was a great example of them getting out early. Penalty kill was good. You know, it was uh, it was a good, solid, all around effort. Uh, and against a team that, you know, quite frankly, they should beat. But uh, right. but it was nice to see them beat them.
0: Yeah, and I mean, one goal a one goal lead isn't much, but they just look so much more confident. That I just yeah. I was. Worried that they were going to lose that one at all, so uh it's it's good to see them coming together. I don't mind it at all.
1: <laughs> Eventually, I'm going to get you wearing a leaf jersey on this podcast. Yeah, no one chance. day. We, 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 no, we're, we're going to have to make a wager, and I you know there is there is a there is, no there is a game this Friday of Calgary in Toronto. So I thought maybe we could create some sort of wager around that game where the loser is wearing some 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 paraphernalia of uh, of the winners choosing. It could be a Leafs, it could be whatever.
0: I feel like that is sacrilegious. Like I don't think <laughs> wearing paraphernalia of the other team should even be a part of that. I feel like that's too much. Too much. I wouldn't do but it. But that's
1: why it but that's why it should be because it means more than just money or it means more than just pumpkin spice lattes. This is actual you know, this is, a, I would know that this is torture for you. And just that alone would give me enough satisfaction, to, you know, to, to, to make this a, a, a worthwhile chase. But listen, we can work towards that. It's a long season. I'll do baby steps. We'll start with pumpkin spice lattes and we'll, we'll work up to Leafs uh, to Leafs where eventually, um, but they are playing. So Calgary is in town on, on Friday and I am going to the game. I'm excited to say uh, I'm taking my little boy, six years old. And we got some really kick butt seats he nice. up for the for the for the podcast oh so, yeah we're gonna be nice and close to the glass i'm very very excited he's and for some reason he's a calgary flames fan i have no oh. idea why he's six years old for some, a, a year ago we're watching highlights and he saw matthew kachuk and he scored a cool goal and from that point on i can't get him to cheer for anybody else but the calgary flames so uh we'll be there on opposing sides on friday night
0: Sometimes that's all it takes is just one goal or one moment like that's that it. it's ingrained in your little brain and, and that's it. That's
1: it. Absolutely. That's cool.
0: Did you have to pay yeah. a million dollars for those seats?
1: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's okay. uh they're way you know what? Okay, I know that the value is determined by what the market will pay for it. So that is what the real definition of value is. But holy these are overvalued like crazy. Like, you know what I mean? They're, uh, they're yeah. What it's, it would make it really difficult for, you know, for, for someone to take a family of four, let's say, or, you know, go out for dinner before have a full experience. You're looking at a couple of grand, right? Easy. Right. And which is, which is insanity, absolute insanity. But anyway, regardless, I'm excited to be doing it on the, on this Friday. So I will partake in the insanity for one night.
0: Good. Well, hopefully you get a good game. Like you said, both teams are playing well. So, uh, I will be watching that game. That's, I'll be looking for you behind the glass. How about that? There
1: you go. There you go. I'll make sure I uh, hold up my, hey, Natasha, look at me sign right behind okay. the glass. So yeah, there you go. Um, okay.
0: Christian Jack is coming on the pod very soon. Uh, an awesome guy, soccer journalist, forever. he works with CPL now. So he's coming soon. So we need to get our, our NFL picks in here before we okay. talk to Christian. So we narrowed in on a couple of games. We'll do two games this week. Okay. Uh, two, I think, pretty obvious ones Seahawks and Packers. I don't think Aaron Rodgers missing that time is going to affect him at all. And I I would pick Aaron, uh, the Packers to win that one. But well,
1: we don't even know he's playing yet. For right? sure. You know, we don't necessarily know. So apparently he can't report. Okay, so first of all, what do you think about all this Aaron Rodgers stuff? Because wow. he's always been kind of a poster boy, you know, always kind of a, I mean, he's been a bit disgruntled in the locker room, but people, you know, that's justifiably in my opinion. But this is a bit of a different level, right? And he's kind of come off as a bit of a, you know, bit of a tool over the last uh, over, over the last week, week and a half. Excuse my uh, Canadian language there. Um, what do you think about the whole Aaron Rodgers thing? And you know, I know he can't report necessarily to the team until Saturday, and that's the earliest. And they play on Sunday, obviously. So we'll we'll right. see. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a brave pick without knowing where the quarterback is. What we
0: don't know until Saturday, right? Is that what
1: you Correct. said? Yeah. Yeah, so the earliest he can report back is Saturday. He was on the Pat McAfee uh, podcast a couple days ago uh, yes. and saying that he wants to clear a couple of physical hurdles before he, you know, is considered himself cleared to play, and that would include being able to sweat and breathe heavy and a bunch of other stuff because he did have COVID, you know, so, you know, whatever. Uh, but listen, I, uh, an Aaron Rodgers versus Russell Wilson game is a lot more exciting, right, than a Geno Smith versus Jordan Love uh, game. So <laughs> it's amazing that Russell Wilson is back only after, I think it was like four weeks or he only missed three game because they had a bye um after having a dislocated finger i didn't realize he had started every game of like a nine-year career so far which is like think of that in football as a quarterback especially right i mean all the hits you take and i know they protect the quarterback a lot but even still um i think it's uh i i am happy to get on the other side of this game and 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 get on the uh, get on the seahawks on this one because quite frankly i'm not convinced that aaron Rodgers is going to play Right, Uh, And if he does, missing 10 days and missing all those reps. So that means Jordan Love is taking all the first-team reps in practice this week. So it will be uh, interesting. Now, again, this is one of those cases where we have a West Coast team flying all the way across um, to play an East Coast game. Uh, So that does mess with the body clock a little bit. It's a late game, a 425 game, so maybe not as impactful. But I will accept your bet, and I will take Seattle uh, against your Green Bay.
0: Okay. I think Rodgers is going to play. And yeah, I think the Packers are going to win and I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot of other players in the league who are, uh, I mean, what would we say? He lied, I guess, basically. Is yeah. What he did.
1: Oh yeah. hundred percent. He's
0: not 100%. the only one
1: I'm sure. Of did, did you see the fine that they slapped on him by any chance? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like 14,600. So there was a, uh, one, I can't remember what the stats, one of the sports stats agencies did. And so I did an analysis based on his salary per hour and compared to the American median average. And the equivalent was for you or I, or I say the equivalent American, was uh, the fine was uh, $33.80. Equivalent in terms of in terms of income versus you know, kind of the, the impact of the fine. Thirty-three dollars and eighty cents for for Aaron Rodgers for lying and for exposing all of his teammates and reporters and everybody else and all during this time. To because he was maskless during all those press conferences, right? I watched yes. a whole bunch of press conferences where he yes. was never wearing a mask. Um, so yeah, thirty three dollars and eighty cents. But uh, but look, I think you know he is so important to that team. Like you, we saw last week, without Aaron Rodgers, man, they they struggled to put up seven points, right? And they had all their receivers. They had Aaron Jones was running the ball. It was everyone except for Aaron Rodgers in there. And they, uh, I think they had they took him till the end of the third quarter to put up seven points. Um, so you can see without them, without sorry, without him. Uh, there are going to be a real struggle without him playing at a high level. It's going to be a real struggle with, uh, uh, for for, for that offense.
0: It was a sad performance. No doubt. Um, Well, okay. So, all right.
1: So I'm on on the Hawks. You're on the Packers. Pumpkin spice latte, baby. All right.
0: Okay. And Raiders and chiefs. This is a tough one. Well, yeah, you know what? This is interesting because like
1: this division is crazy. So every team in this division has five wins right i mean it's it's i guess right now the chargers are t- t- uh, technically the best in the division because they have the they're undefeated in the division but i think this is a, what's even more interesting is if you look at the afc west and the afc north seven of the eight teams have five wins which is an insane parity right in the afc um, yeah. and only and only the baltimore ravens are outside of it with six so all all of those eight teams have either five or six wins, so it's amazingly close in the in the AFC. So this is a I'm glad you picked this matchup because this is I think is the marquee one for for this week. Uh, you know, in terms of uh, impact on the playoffs. I know it's too early to talk about playoffs, but it, a divisional, a hardcore divisional game, and we just talked about it, right? I mean, the Chiefs played the Packers last week. The Aaron Rodgers Packers, and they put up a grand total of 13 points, and even they and they they struggled to do that. So. I know you're a chiefs fan and I'm fairly sure that your pick right now is going to be on the, on the chiefs. I'm, I'm taking a wild guess right now. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't believe I, every week that goes by, I believe less and less that they're going to figure this out. I mean, look, last year when you'd watch this chief offense, chiefs offense, at least once every three or four plays, you're seeing a huge play downfield to Tyreek. You're seeing a huge play downfield to, you know, to Kelsey yeah. now screens, Touch passes, slants, run, run, run. You know, one one shot maybe every quarter, if that. It just it looks like a completely different offense. So um anyway, who do you like in the who do you like in the Chiefs Raiders game?
0: So you're actually wrong in that oh. I, I don't want to take the Chiefs. I don't, I ha- <laughs> I'm not confident in them at okay. all. Like offensively, like you just said, not good. Defensively, not good. I know there's been a lot of drama for the Raiders this past week, but I I think I'm going with the Raiders.
1: Are yeah, they? Yeah, there has to
0: be favorite coming into this. It has to be.
1: I'm going double check right now, actually, because I haven't looked at the most recent. Uh, I haven't looked at the most recent line to be completely honest with you in, 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 uh, in, in a couple hours. Uh But as of right now, the Raiders are actually two-and-a-half-point underdogs. So the Chiefs are favored. Yeah, the Chiefs are favored going into Vegas. And I think you thought you touched on it there a little bit, right? I mean, there is some chaos in that Raiders organization right now. I mean, I we don't know if they want to discuss some of the stuff that's happening on kind of in one capacity. But the other guy, the other Dante Miller, I think his name is, or something like that, um, posted a video this week. <laughs> kind of a ridiculous thing. Like, what, what, what would cause you to, to – post of like do that in a video i mean you know like where you know it's recorded for prosperity and you know anybody can see it and you know it's i i I just i don't know i don't get it this is a first
0: rounder though right these this guy like do you not how how does this come out of nowhere like don't you do your homework on a player like this you can't tell me this player did not have issues before maybe he did it just be weird for this to come out of the blue i think is it yeah. just no not just no Jack. Is it, i was so wrong it's, it's damon arnett damon Sorry. arnett, damon, damon arnett.
1: Right? i apologize yeah. For this name wrong. yeah
0: yeah um so i don't know what i don't know what the what the resume of this kid is or what he's done in the past but it just seems bizarre that this kind of behavior would come out of nowhere and do your homework on a on a play. it's kind
1: of crazy it's kind of crazy that they're both 2020 first round draft picks both rugs and uh and uh and and this guy um and they're both you know have been released cut from the team now so yeah we'll see what impact that has them on the field i mean plus never mind the john gruden story from two weeks ago still that is i'm sure still hovering above the locker room and so it's it's a bit of chaos there uh I don't feel comfortable in either of these teams. Um, so I am going, yeah, to be completely honest with you, I think as a better, as, a, as a, a novice better, I would probably stay away from this game to be completely honest with you because I really have no idea. So I am not going to take your action on uh, on this one. But I am going to suggest once again that we take a little side action on the on the flames Leafs game on Friday night. We will oh. put that in place and I'll say, look, I'll take the Leafs, pumpkin spice latte, you take the Flames, and let's make that our second pick for the week because I don't feel comfortable in picking either one of these teams
0: interesting okay all right we'll leave this one alone then. uh yeah okay I'll take the planes why not let's do it all right so I got the Packers you have the Seahawks I got the yes. planes you have the Leafs and uh we will check back in next week and see what happens okay curious Christian Jack one of the honestly one of the nicest people I know and I mean that Totally from the bottom of my heart. He is a soccer journalist. Uh, His new role is VP of media and content for the CPL. Christian, welcome to the pod. How's it going?
2: It's great, Natasha. Wonderful to be on with you. Uh, You and I have done content before and now we're doing it here. So this is special for me. Thanks for having me. Love it.
0: Uh, How are things going with the CPL? Still uh, early days for you, but what excites you the most about the potential for that league?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I mean, things are going well. It's been crazy because I started June and then the season started in June. So it's like, it, it, for me, it's been what I like doing the best, right? It's when the games are happening, tell the stories around the games. So, um, you know, it seemingly has felt like we've been having a game every three or four days for, for five months because of we were late to start because of COVID and then we started in a bubble. So what do I like the best? I think I like the overall quality on the pitch. It's um, it's a league that's only three years in and it's a Canadian league, obviously. But I, I have to say that I've been very impressed in the standard of where the, certainly the top players and the top clubs are taking it here in, in twenty. 2021 and and as i talk to you now here in november we're getting to the point where we're getting to our playoffs and the semi-finals and finals so we're going to get to the point that i love the most in any sport and that's seeing athletes lift trophies and seeing that emotion on their face that's what that's the high for me whenever i get to cover people like that
1: that's so cool that's amazing. Um what? Uh, how do you think the CPL compares with the MLS, obviously? I mean, people. I think a lot of people still mistake MLS as being a Canadian league because we have a couple of Canadian teams. But very clearly, that's a U.S. league with Canadian kind of franchises. Um, how do the two compare, uh, both in terms of quality and competition? And and you know, do you see any parallels between the two?
2: Well, I think it's a great question, Ali. I think what I would say is that the way the CPL is right now in year three, you know, if you compare it to where Major League Soccer was in year three, I think the standards are very similar. I think right now... Could, could, are there players, managers who could go from CPL right right now to tomorrow, play in MLS or compete in MLS? Yes, I think there are. You know, I would go as far as to say there's probably at least 20, 25 players right away that could do that. Um, you know, and talking to scouts and talking to coaches across the MLS, they're, they're keeping their eye on the CPL. You know, it's a developing league, but it's a competitive environment and it's close to home. And as you alluded to, you know, there are Canadian franchises that can look at these Canadian players in a competitive environment and even put their own players there. We, we have, loan players from MLS and CPL as well that they can give them an opportunity to play rather than having to just train all the time you know players they have to play you know they need to play to get better in any sport so um, it's a growing league and one that I think you know MLS is obviously is is taken off in leaps and bounds particularly over the last decade but the way that CPL is, is is navigating towards that you know it's an exciting trending in the right direction no doubt and there have
1: been a few CPL MLS matches already, and 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 there are, and there is seemingly parity in all those. Right, there's, there's not one dominant side ever. side, they seem to be very competitive. And I know Hamilton specifically has played exceptionally well against some of the uh, some of the MLS teams.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, we had the Pacific team, obviously on Vancouver Island, they beat the Whitecaps this year, which was just an enormous day for us in the CPL. And it wasn't like a game where they hung in and they defended deep and got a couple of things on their way. You know, it was a, it was a marvelous game. They won four, three, there was back and forth, lots of things happening. And it's actually what you want in this sport. That's what you see all around the world, guys. You know, you see in lower league soccer or football, whatever your preference is, in Germany or in England or Spain and Greece, wherever your country is, you know, you see lower teams going after the big giants in cup competitions and you know in the bounce of a ball in a 90 minute game if you get things go your way then you can you can definitely come on the right side of that you know forge and Hamilton, i was there they took montreal to penalties in the semi-final you know pacific ran tfc close in the other semi-final so yeah it's great to see and i think those games i don't think i know those games just elevate our league into new eyes but it also elevates the players they, they just know they've got to go to another level if they want to be able to go to you know go to mls one day and compete with them again
1: Absolutely. You mentioned uh, you mentioned Pacific there, and I was very excited and proud yesterday to see the new franchise being awarded to uh, to Vancouver. What does that mean? And is expansion kind of in the plans for the CPL beyond beyond nine teams? I know you can't disclose too much. I'm sure, but yeah. do you envision do you envision a larger kind of conglomerate of teams within the, within the CPL?
2: I think I could speak for everybody at the CPR to say that's a clear yes. Yeah, you know they they have not capped it on any number. They want to be able to sh- make sure that these the organisations or enterprises that take on these projects do everything the right way. And in League One, they've got a, an ability to take a franchise and see whether you can do that, get the fan base, get your business model right, to move up to to show that you can go and get a CPR franchise. But you're right, you know, getting Vancouver in our league is just it's just so vital. It legitimizes it a bit more. You know, not only is it a an outstanding city in canada it's a world-class city around the world right and no disrespect to pacific but they should be relishing the chance that they've got a local rivals coming in in 2023 because derby games rivalry games anything you can have like that in any sport that's what makes it going right you get this you get the storylines of the fans and and going at Definitely. each other so uh it's great it's great that a, a vancouver you know team is coming to our league as early as 2023
1: yeah, I can't see a whole lot of Vancouver I just maybe taking the ferry ride across to go watch a uh, watch a Pacific game. So this will do a lot for the exposure within the, within that market. Yeah. Uh, my last question, of course, because I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a gambler, as as you know, and I like to I like to make a wager here and there. Um, who do you like in the CPL to, in terms of the Canadian Championship? I mean, is there is there a certain team that stands out from other ones? Or is there is there one or two that you think are really the front runners to? Uh, Tulika taking the title this year?
2: Well, we're down to four. You know, Forge are the team at the top of the table. They are the team that's won the last two years. They're the team that is in CONCACAF right now and they are hosting the first set. They are hosting as, as the first playoff seed. They're going to be hosting the young team from York. Um, but if you're looking to kind of handicap this, York will be, I would imagine, massive underdogs in the game like that. But they've already been to Forge twice this season and one away in that stadium, in Hamilton. So they don't have any fear against Forge, well, a lot of other teams certainly have. So if you're if you're looking to back York, you know, maybe there's a chance that they could go there over one game and do something. In the other game, Cavalry against Pacific. Pacific were the league leaders for a long time in the CPL. They were really, if you think of it like a marathon, they were really the pace setters, you know, but they've got tired, really, at the probably the 20th, 21st milestone here a little bit. And they've got key players injured and now they have to go to Calgary where they've been already this season and knocked them out of the Canadian Championship, but also just played their recent. So I think to answer your question, the teams at home are going to be overwhelming favorites for a reason. That Cavalry team is starting to really look like they're getting fit and healthy at the right time, while Pacific haven't looked themselves for a couple of months. So I think that Cavalry-Pacific game may even go down almost as a pick but the way that Cavalry are going, I wouldn't sleep on that team. Excellent. Great insight.
0: I'm trying to get to that game, uh, KJ, that Calgary cavalry game, but the temperature is at this point is hovering around zero. So I'm starting to pull up my winter clothes already. Get my you coffee. can come,
2: come and be my guest. I, I'm coming. I've, I'm going there too now. Yeah. Oh. I have to fly back from Edmonton and then 36 hours later, I'm flying to Calgary. Oh, geez. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm coming in for literally, I think, uh, 18 hours or something. So oh my I'll be goodness. there. Yeah. Okay, well,
0: I'll have to try and come and say hi at some yeah,
2: point. Or totally.
0: I can come see you in Edmonton because I we're both going to Edmonton tomorrow. Or you're going tonight, I'm going tomorrow. Fantastic. The big game, obviously, uh, the Canadian Men's National Team against Costa Rica. This men's team, they, they were mediocre for so long and it kind of feels just like all of a sudden. I mean, it hasn't been all of a sudden, but it feels that way a little bit. How did they rise to this uh, point so fast?
2: Well, I mean, you've got, real pillars of success in in players like Davies and David and Laren who are playing at a high level in Europe that has certainly pushed it to another level. You know, we had players playing in Europe previously and no disrespect to past generations of the Canadian men's national team, they will say to themselves that, you know, many of them were not playing at high-level clubs. You know, the the, the day-to-day learning that the likes of David, Davies, Laren, Hutchinson are are taking on at these Champions League-caliber clubs is, is really like a master's degree in tactical football, you know, with the coaching and the, the players that they play with at the high level on a training basis. So they're getting better technically. Then they're getting better mentally. They're improving themselves on the pitch with the playing in great games. And then they're bringing that over here. And it's really become contagious within the group. Now, it is also a group that is genuinely genuinely united i mean i know it's actually we hear this all the time in sports oh they're a great group to get along and then you peel back the curtain you get to know it he doesn't like him they don't like them you know she doesn't like him and there's lots of development thing behind the scenes that they hide away this is a genuine group that care for each other a core group of probably 15 or 16 that have known each other for years and have grown up together many of them in the brampton toronto area that have just been told once or twice at least in their careers you're not going to make it you're not going to get there and that adversity has fueled this group to say we can and come together and get through this so there's genuine belief now you know that, that you mentioned the mediocrity as you said they never really believed as a group before it was always like we'll go out there we might win it might go our way we might get a bounce here or there now they feel like they can go out there and dictate the game and they'll certainly feel like they can do that against costa rica
0: john herdman took over this team uh, in 2018 what has he done for this group
2: well, he's the leader, you know, he's the vocal leader. He's, he's transformed their mind their mindset as well. He deserves a ton of credit for that. He, he's just, he's just a great encourager of people. You know, he, he can really pull the minds together. And and I think he deserves a ton of credit because he's almost now got up, got out the way. And, you know, he, he will always say the players are the ones making it. And, and, and now, you know, he's got to give them the platform to go and succeed. And so I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. And I think tactically he's probably underrated a little bit, you know, they'll make changes on the fly here and there in games that the players just want, they want to get better. Yeah. We want to be put, we pushed and tested. So he's really given them the opportunity to do that as well. But look, you know, they, they, they see him as somebody that has helped really unify this group. And as you said earlier, it, it was um, it was a fractured group for a long time in the Canadian soccer association.
0: Mm-hmm. He had so much success with the women's team. Obviously it was uh- I don't know if controversial is the right word, but it was shocking when he moved to the men's side. Uh, But it's obviously worked out.
2: Yeah, it's a great point because I remember it back in January, I think 2018. (laughs) It was really a story that went all around the world, right? Like, you know, it was this... A guy coaching the women's team is now going to go coach the men's national team of that country. It was just really unprecedented at that point. And then there's questions about can he, you know, get, you know, can he move over from that? I think the skill sets were already there, right? And, and galvanizing people, uniting people together, understanding the sport, a love for Canada, which is really important. You know, this is somebody that is, you know, much like myself has, has picked this country to live in and just loves it so much and talks about that, sells that to potential players that then can, can then come on. Um, And as I said earlier, just the players bought into what he had to say. And I think that he deserves a ton of credit there because players are intelligent players are smart and players get coaches, whether they like or not, they get coaches fired all the time because in the end, if they lose it, it's what can you do for me? That's what a player's mentality is out there for. And so far he's got them buying in and it's been great to watch.
0: So Canada has two uh, matches at home in Edmonton. They've already beat uh, Costa Rica and Mexico. What what is the confidence level of this team right now? It, it seems sky high.
2: Yeah, that's a great point too. Because again, the the you know they have faced adversity during this World Cup qualifying that they've never faced before and come through it. You know, you mentioned it going behind in games, going behind against Panama and then going out there and winning four one. The way they the way they just brushed aside Costa Rica in the Gold Cup. We did those games on on one soccer was. Was still a game that I stick. That I think about more than most. You know, it was a quarterfinal of a major continental competition against a team in Costa Rica who had been to the last couple of World Cups, are very, very organized, um, play together, been through the trenches together, a bit older than Canada, but just had that wisdom and able would get through games. And they were never in it. Canada dismantled them that day. It was 2 0, but it could have been more. So they would go into this game with fuller confidence. And, you know, you mentioned the Mexico games, the Gold Cup game was so close going to the Estes a 1-1 in the United States, they've got to a point now, Natasha, where they play anybody in a CONCACAF World Cup qualifier and they don't fear anybody. You know, they may not be the best team in CONCACAF, but they're close to it right now. And they, because of the mentally, they don't feel like they're going to lose. They step over that white line, the whistle blows, and they think they're going to win. And that's mentally a massive part of their success.
0: So they're in third right now. They have these two games uh, at home and then a bunch on the road. How crucial is it for them to get as many points as they can? Maybe this is a dumb question, but it just feels like they need every single point at, with these two home matches.
2: No, it's not dumb at all. You know, cru- crucially, history has told us. Getting points away from home in CONCACAF is very, very difficult. You know we've had teams qualify for World Cups averaging one point per game away from home. So as I've said, if you can average two points at home and one point away, that's the method for me. That's the success. You will get to the World Cup. I'm I'm, I'm a firm believer of that. I've run the numbers, and I think that's the case. So home points are crucial. Now I I, I think I separate the two games because I think any point against Mexico is a bonus. I know they don't fear them, but that is still legitimately the best team in CONCACAF. So I think that Friday game against Costa Rica is, is the biggest one. You know, they, okay. they got to win, win that game. Everyone will talk about Mexico, but if you win that game against Costa Rica and suddenly you've got 13 points. The Mexico game is gravy, right? Anything you get from that as a bonus. But you, I think the Costa Rica game, if they're going to really seriously think about qualifying for this World Cup sooner rather than later, it isn't a must win, but you got to get three points. Get three points against them at home, you get to 13. And as I said, if you don't get anything from Mexico, I think 13 points from the first eight games is still a great return. having haven't played Mexico twice already.
0: Right. That makes a lot of sense. Um, some more detailed questions here, I guess, about players individually. Striker Kyle Lahren is back. Who is out, do you think?
2: Yeah, Lahren's back in the team. Um, Junior Hoyler is a, is a player that's missed because he's injured. So I think he's a big miss because I, th- I don't think anyone strikes a ball better than him for Canada. Uh, So Laren coming back, you know, they've got Ike Ubo now, who's who's a player that has just basically announced his his eligibility for Canada, uh, who was able to play for Nigeria and England as well, uh, plays in Belgium, former Chelsea Youth Academy player, who's a striker as a number nine, will compete for minutes as well. So how they're going to fit them all together is a nice problem for John Herman to have, Mm -hmm. right, The, the depth there. Laren and 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 Jonathan David as at, have at times looked quite similar. They both play a very similar position. They come and receive the ball in deeper positions, and sometimes you need strikers to stretch the opposition's defense a little bit more and get beyond them. Um, so it'll be interesting where they fit them in. You know, Kyle Larren's on... F- Red-hot form, you know. He was injured in the last hot, in the last World Cup qualifying. He watched it from home, much like his Besiktas teammate Atiba Hutchinson. They're keen to come in, so um, I don't think there's going to be as much rotation here. You know, they've got two games in the same city for the first time, so I think it's going to be a competition for the eleven players to go out there and make a difference and see if they can hold on to that spot against Mexico.
0: You mentioned Atiba Hutchinson, uh, the most experienced player on this team how much will that uh, help the squad? Do you think there will be any nerves at all being at home?
2: I think there's always going to be a little bit, uh, you know, they don't feel like a nervous group. They don't feel like a tight group. They feel tight in terms of how they're connected. um, But they don't feel that, you know, Atiba Hutchinson, as you said, is he's not a rah-rah leader. You know, I've had a, pleasure of interviewing him and getting to know him quite well over the last few years he's a soft-spoken and as nice a man you can ever meet but you know he's a leader by example and you know he's captaining in the UEFA Champions League a team in Istanbul which is one of the most incredible cities to watch a football match in the, in Europe with a ferocious fan base so you know he can do that with a very low heart rate I think he'll be okay in Edmonton but I do think that you know they're going to understand that the, the closer they get to potentially getting there. That's when the tension's going to come in by the obvious consequence that fact that right. okay, can they get there? So I think right now in a home game, 40 40,000 plus, which is brilliant by the way in Alberta to have that in November, every credit for the Edmonton fans to buy their tickets. I think they'll they'll, they'll embrace it. there's an, there's a smile on their faces for a reason. you watch them sing the anthem. as I said, they don't feel they don't look like a nervous tight group at all.
0: Well, I hope those forty thousand uh, blow the roof off. I Edmontonians always show up for things, so I'm not surprised at all at how high ticket sales were. So I'm, I've been to a game at Commonwealth for years, I'm excited to go as well. And I know a lot of people are going to be watching Alfonso Davies when you. It's his first game um, in Edmonton. Uh, when you watch him play, what makes him different to you?
2: Wow, it's a really good question. You know, for me, there's not really a player like Davies in the world. You know, that doesn't make him the best in the world, but there's not a comparison. You know, in sports, we're always comparing this player to this player or this player in this era of this player. And he's just such a unique profile of a player. Um, Because of his age, because of his youthful exuberance, because of his pace, because of his technical ability, ability to play in different positions, left foot, right foot are very, very good. Um, His his intuition and awareness on the pitch, his instincts, I don't get talked about enough um and and quite honestly i think we're just scratching the surface right now in terms of what he could become i never want to be that guy i've never been that guy about hyperbole but you know i do imagine sometimes about what he could get even better you know like you know you you hope you know god willing that players like that don't get significant injuries because that's when pace is just gone and it never comes back to the elite level that he's at the game unfortunately Pull so much of these players in different directions that they play far too much football and eventually there's going to be a drop off in terms of form and fatigue and everything that will happen he's only 21 um but between that happening and then coming over the other end 27 28 29 year old Alfonso davies you, you're talking potentially about being one of the best players in the world uh, in any position that's what he could become and it's just so exciting that he's Canadian and he's proud to be Canadian. And he's, he's almost a, that perfect face of the organization now. And that perfect face, look, it's great that everyone's getting behind this Canada team but this I still think you need an individual to, to kind of instigate that a little bit and he's become that face of this team and he embraces it and he does a great yeah. job of it you know that's the other thing as a 21 year old kid it doesn't intimidate him getting all this people and this. it's so far he's done a great job of, of of keeping his his feet down on the on the ground a little bit and, and coming through it all because I don't know if I I, I I couldn't have done that when I was 21 I don't know about you <laughs>
0: right <laughs> you know how young he is yeah Right. He's been incredible to watch uh he's really becoming must watch tv i feel if you're a sports fan um one more for you and then we'll get you out of here the men we talked about the men um how the program has been pretty me- mediocre mediocre over the past few decades but now they're in the top 50 in the fifa world rankings how much uh how can that benefit the men's national program
2: well, it has dramatic effects in getting in the top 50. I'm not one for rankings, really, because I always think, you know, you know, I don't need a, a computer system to tell me who's better than anybody else. But it does actually have rank uh, rankings, have ramifications for players and getting abilities to go play in Europe. And players in the top 50 now can go get, you know, potential positions in different clubs across Europe because of the ranking system there as well. So, look, people are paying attention to Canada. That's the other thing. You know, when you when the ranking comes out and they see this, team that was really in oblivion it wasn't an afterthought it was just a never thought like canada doesn't play football at a men's level at a high level anywhere. no one ever thought of them at that point and now people are paying attention and of course when you see these players that i said earlier playing in the qa for champions league people are going oh, okay canada's you know on the rise here so it's um as I said, internationally, the recognition starting to come. And I think that's great because certainly domestically, we can see that the success is coming quickly and people are more and more are paying attention, as you said, particularly when you can sell that amount of tickets to a game called game in, in, in November in Alberta. So this is this means a lot. This is uh, unprecedented times. You know, as I said, when I moved to this great country 20 years plus ago, you know, just riding this wave of the sport and seeing it go forward, you know, we're reaching a, a true crescendo right now. It's It's spectacular to watch.
0: You know, I'm laughing because you keep calling it cold in Edmonton in November, but I'm looking at the forecast <laughs> and it's supposed to be five degrees tomorrow, which is actually not that cold.
2: Take it. <laughs> so, so are you telling me I should take my big coat out of my suitcase? Is that well, what you're telling no. me? Well, <laughs>
0: no. I mean, we anyways, but it could, it could be minus 20, KJ. Yeah. Like, it could be far colder I know. than that. So I'm I know. actually really excited that the sun's going to be out and it's going to be plus five. I'm okay uh, with that.
2: I'm excited too. I'm all over that. I'm That's good. So I'm going to say on the broadcast, if it gets cold, I'm going to blame you. I'm going to say, I was told. I was told by a local Edmonton, my friend, Natasha. So we'll see. But I'm I'm sure inside Commonwealth at that time of night, it might be a bit breezy, but that's okay. That's what we want. We want the the opposition to not be up for it, right?
0: Right. And actually, I'm looking for Tuesday. It is supposed to snow. So that might Okay. Programs.
2: Wow. That's
0: why might what we need to be uh to beat the Mexicans.
2: There you go. Perfect. All Looking right. It.
0: Uh, thank you so much for this, KG. I know you're busy. We got you like at the busy one of your busiest weekends. It's great. Um, so we appreciate the time.
2: Yeah, no problem. Big fans of yours again. It's always a pleasure to spend some time with you and hopefully we'll see you in Edmonton.
0: All right. Safe travels, stay warm. And yes, we might have to try to meet for a hot chocolate or something. So Looking forward <laughs> to it.
2: Sounds, sounds great.
0: Christian Jack. Honestly, I said one of the nicest guys ever uh, and such a great uh, broadcaster, such a great journalist. Uh, awesome to have on the show. I, I'm pumped for that game tomorrow, Ali. I know I said I was gonna watch the flames and the Flyers, but I just realized there's a bit of a time yeah. conflict there. Yeah, the Mets game. So
1: uh, You're making the right decision, for sure. I think
0: so. Yeah.
1: Um okay, Christian seems like he should have like an MBA in football or something, right? Because right. like I felt like I was talking to an economics professor about economic theory and he was it, you ever talk to somebody just think that holy sh- this this guy knows so much more than I do about what we're talking uh, about right now. Uh, he's like uh wow, he's like a he's like a, an encyclopedia of, of of football. That's really cool to hear somebody that that knows that much. And yeah. um yeah, very, very interesting. And I'm gonna take his advice on some of those uh, betting tips he was giving FYI. Yeah. So there's some interesting, interesting insights there. So um yeah, it was very, very cool. Uh, We'd we'll love to have it back to hear more about, you know, men's Canada soccer, um especially over the course of the next few weeks and months as things start to shape out a little bit.
0: For sure, for sure, for sure. Okay, I think that does it for us. Uh, lots on the line this weekend. Um, Very much. Go so. Packers! I guess I'm cheering for the Flames, which is weird. Go Flames! But the easy one to cheer for is Go Canada. So Go
1: I Canada.
0: You made a really good point about tomorrow being the one that they have to have to have to have to win. So uh, like I said, uh, I think Edmontonians always show up for stuff and I think they will be there with bells on. I hope, I hope there's a lot of flags. I hope there's a ton of noise. Uh, I will be there with my boots and my, my hooded. uh, (laughs) What am I trying to say? My, my hood with the fur. The the
1: parka with the hoodie.
0: I will have it on the hand warmers and um, go Canada. So uh, have a great weekend. Have fun at the hockey game.
1: Thank you. Um,
0: We'll chat next week.
1: We will next week. Enjoy the game and go Kansas.
0: You're listening to the Oh Come On Sports Podcast with me, Natasha Sanashevsky. Come on!